Welcome everyone to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I have your co-host today, Kareem Anderson, and I'm joined by the world's greatest co-host. Arifabakis. Yeah, and I feel like we should start one of those, like, how many days has it been since? And I want to start it today officially saying, today is the first day since we've heard from Satya Nadella on any of our ideas for Microsoft. <laughs> We're going to keep doing this. It's going to be a weekly thing until he comes on this podcast and answers some questions or takes some ideas from us. Uh, other than that, we will return to just giving you guys the news until that happens. Uh, as of right now, we have some pretty big topics to kind of cover and a uh, you know, handful of uh, news headlines that you might be interested in. Uh, to start off with, we have Build, 22, uh, Build 2022 has been confirmed. Uh, it's been, you know, we were waiting for it, we were anticipating it, and now we know that uh, when it's going to be and how it's going to be set up. And then we also have some news about another event on April 5th. Uh, we just we talked about it two weeks ago, but we just want to go through since it's approaching. Go through the uh, what we expect for that April fifth Windows event featuring panels, Panay. Yeah, and then we have uh, something you're going to actually talk about because you're dog fooding it surprisingly. Uh, Clipchamp gets a little bit better for Windows eleven. I think they heard some maybe our complaints. Maybe that's not you listening uh, <laughs> about how they could make uh, the I guess built in sort of quote-unquote bloatware uh film editor uh, a little bit better and uh those are our three main topics and we'll we also have some more with our fast recap and there's a bunch of stuff to go through in the fast recap the first of which is microsoft backtracking on the default browser settings in windows 11. yeah uh we have some uh some word from mozilla about this as well uh we also will be talking about uh, the controversy over ray tracing that was and then not was in a Minecraft. And we also have some news about your phone getting a new name on Windows 10 and Windows 11. Yeah, and I'll be kind of giving you my thoughts because I just switched phones and it's taking full advantage of your phone or whatever the new name is. Uh, and then we'll also be talking about Microsoft extending its lead over Sony, who just announced their version of their Game Pass, by potentially coming up with a family plan. And then there's also some news about Microsoft doubling down on its Android efforts with a new reorganization. Yeah, that might that might actually take the whole pot. I have so many thoughts about that. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to go into our, our favorite section, which is the week ahead as well, where uh, I think you're going to be doing a piece on your dog food of ClipChamp. Yep, I'm using ClipChamp to edit the podcast. So if everything sucks, you guys know why. <laughs> uh, we also, uh, one of us, <clears throat> not going to name names, one of us, <laughs> watch the uh, first episode of Halo uh, via the YouTube. And so uh, we have some thoughts and hopefully we'll get uh, Arif to watch it uh, by next week. There's also some news about E3 2022 being canceled as well. Talking about cancellations, we're going to be visiting the Microsoft graveyard as well towards the end of this podcast, just to kind of poke fun at and you know, see what thing things we remember or maybe we forgot about that have been canceled at Microsoft. And that's it. It's time for our first topic, which is build 2022 being confirmed. It is confirmed to be canceled, folks. Moving on. <laughs> no. nah, I just uh, kidding. Uh, we have Build 2022 uh, confirmed for May 24th through the 26th of this year. So uh, unlike last year, I believe, which was at the end of April, beginning of May, like early on uh, in spring or mid-spring-ish, Microsoft has kind of pushed this one back a little bit, uh, which is probably why uh, we hadn't heard from uh, any real sources confirming it until now. Some of us were a bit worried because, you know, we expected it to be sometime in April, so we figured... Uh, if they were going to do an in-person event, uh, usually they give people about a month or so 
they're still out to kind of book hotels, things like that. Uh, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case, which is why they're able to kind of push it back uh, to where it's going to be at. Uh, they're going to have people come together and experts, uh, from what they're on saying, to engage with experiences around the latest innovation and tools. Uh, presuming this is obviously for every build, a developer-oriented show. Uh, I believe that the event is going to be digital. Uh, I don't think that they're going to be having an in-person event. At least that's what we've gathered from the invite so far. And it seems like it's going to be just like it was last year, where they have the pre-recorded sessions and the live sessions in the catalog. We'll be able to go on through and pick through and meet with Microsoft experts virtually and sit in on Teams calls and hear them talk about Windows and Azure and all of the latest uh, Microsoft products. They didn't uh, launch a registration website yet or anything. They just confirmed the dates for now. So I'm assuming that towards the ending of April is when your registrations will officially open up. Uh, and just like last year, I believe was also free yep. for most sessions uh, to the public. So yeah, for those of you who have previously been unable to shell out twenty-five dollars to $5,000 or convince your boss to send you on an expensive trip somewhere to visit Microsoft, uh, you'll now be able to kind of have some talks or at least sit in on some uh, talks with developers about specific things uh, for free or relatively free. So uh, that's the benefit of having these digital events for as long as we're going to have them, hopefully. Maybe next year we'll have an in-person one so you and I can kind of hang out and chit-chat and have pizza and maybe corner Sacha Nadella and have to answer <laughs> some of our questions. I think his bodyguards would probably push us away and be like, who are those guys? That's not Zach and, and Dan. <laughs> I mean, if we keep telling them, maybe they'll believe it. But yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> uh, what do you expect for Build, by the way? There's only one Windows 11 update. It used to be two updates a year with Windows 10, and now with Windows 11 and Windows 10, it's only one update a year. So what do you expect them to talk about? I mean, they did this sort of like they did last year. Uh, where Windows 11 wasn't the big focus of build, and you know we've we've been charting this kind of trend over the last like five or six years. Where Windows isn't the main talking point; they usually reserve that for uh, its own event, typically right before around Surface time when they launch new Surface hardware. So I expect that trend to continue. They might touch upon uh, or rehash whatever they're going to talk about on April 5th, which we'll get into. Uh, but you know they're pivoting this towards. Uh, enterprise now you know they've done the consumer version of it last year where they you know left a bunch of stuff out that all of us enjoyed but you know it was still good enough for consumers to kind of get into and get acquainted with they've been filling out the corners here and there for all the little things that we wanted now they're making a bit push for people who will be jumping off of windows 10 in 2025 so they're making all, they're bringing all the enterprise features on i think they're going to talk more about that um at build and i believe they probably will break off uh, another version, another session, something digital with panels going into new features for Windows 11 in November. And that moves us into our second topic, which is Windows 11 and a Windows 11 event on April 5th. Uh, Microsoft, uh, we talked about it last week where Microsoft said they'll be holding an event on April 5th, uh, con uh, confirming that Panos Panay and Satya Nadella would be there. And it seems like it's catered for enterprises, but I know Tom Warren at The Verge and uh, Zach Bowden at Windows Central, they put out their pieces on what you could expect. And it seems like some expectations are being set high because rumors indicate that Microsoft could launch some big Windows 11 features at the event. And for as a reminder, the event is on at 8 a.m. Pacific time on April 5th. So it's expected that 
maybe they might announce a Windows 11 feature where the clipboard gets updated. Uh, Tom Warren of The Verge, he said uh, that Windows 11 clipboard could get a little bit smarter. So, like, say if you copy a phone number, you'd get suggestions to call it on Teams. Or if you copy an email, you'd get suggestions to send an email to that person uh, where that, whose email you just copied from. And there's also some uh, expectations that maybe they might announce or maybe roll it out through the Insider program, the tab experience with a file explorer that we've always been talking about for the past couple of weeks. So something to look out for there as well. And since it's enterprise, obviously you're going to get Microsoft 365, or Windows 365, you're going to get Azure and, and all of those Microsoft endpoint managers and all those kinds of stuff. But there's might be mention of the one outlook app that again, that we've been talking about for the past few weeks uh, it's believed that maybe Microsoft might finally announce it at this event come on April 5th. Yeah, see, the problem with uh, being an insider is that all of the features that they might announce that are big features, we've been playing around with for months. So yeah. <laughs> when they do announce it, we're going to say, oh, this wasn't that big of a deal. But we have to keep in mind that people are still using the consumer version of this, the a retail version of this that came out in November that lacks a lot of features that we were definitely playing with. So again, they may just be reiterating how these features will be uh, solidified and delivered throughout this year. They may not even wait till uh, November to make a big release of it. They may uh, start trickling out some of these things uh, this summer. So you have to keep in mind that that's uh, probably what's going to happen. Uh, the I think they might tease uh, one outlook like they've done several times before with other uh, demos that we've seen, other CGI renders. I don't think we're actually going to get a chance to play with it anytime soon, but they may have a concept video or something to kind of express that. Because again, I feel like this is going to be geared towards enterprise trying to lure them in versus uh, any of the cool, you know, uh, tablet touch features or something, stuff like that we would like. Uh, I do also think that they're going to try and maybe uh, touch upon um, uh, thin clients with the Qualcomm uh, talk and Windows on ARM potentially. Because, uh, again, that would be big for enterprise to be able to assign laptops that have LTE connections and get, you know, your business up and going, uh, especially for people who are doing telecommuting. Uh, they have one device that can get them up and uh, online uh, while they're you know, on the train going from home to work uh, or back at home. And, they, you know, maybe they have um, slow Internet connections and they're getting crappy Teams uh, uh, resolution. Now, if you give them a device where they can connect to the company's Wi-Fi, the company's uh, hotspots, stuff like that, that could be big for them. Uh, those are the two things I I foresee is is one outlook that potentially Windows on ARM uh, for enterprise uh, coming out of this event. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, but uh, like like as I said, uh, expectations are being set high, but don't they set are, it too but, high. Yeah, because like it's, it's it's set it up front that it is catered for enterprise and businesses and even though Panos is there maybe he might tease something or say one more thing but uh, donate don't don't set your expectations too too high like us windows fans and the windows press are doing well if i had to if i had to lean people towards one thing one ridiculous thing that probably won't happen but i'm kind of putting in my back pocket is that they introduced the new surface laptop for for business with more ports and maybe a different redesign. Uh, and this is more catered, again, towards business. Maybe it's a little thicker, more battery. Who knows? Because now we have the Surface Laptop Studio, which is the thickest of the, of the devices. If they make the Surface Laptop a tad 
thicker with more battery and pitch it towards like the ThinkBook competitor, I think they could have uh, something on their hands there. All right. And speaking of having on your hands, what what some Windows 11 insiders and Windows 11 users have on their hands now is ClipChamp. Uh, <laughs> it recently rolled out as an inbox app in the uh, Windows 11 insider builds, and you could download it from the Microsoft Store. And it's a video editor. And as soon as people started trying it out, they're like, it sucks. Because you, <laughs> what, you, you only were able, to, uh, on the free version, you only were able to export your videos at 480p resolution, which is like what well, you would need Ridiculous. a magn magnifying glass to see uh, your video if you export it to that. But Microsoft recently made some changes to the service, and now you could export videos at 1080p on all tiers for free at no extra charge. That's basically what all of the changes changes are. And it's going to be something that I'm going to end up trying out for editing this podcast. So we'll have to see and how it how it goes. But I know you tried out ClimpChamp before. So how did it work out for you? Yeah, the folks over ClimpChamp gave me a trial uh, description to try out. Uh, I loved it. I, like I said, there is a lot of potential. And this is before Microsoft uh, had, in, had bought the company uh, or brought it under its uh, envelope or uh, umbrella. Um, I thought it was really awesome. One, because it's just one of the first cloud-based ones. So again, right. if you are on a Chromebook, which if you're Windows user, you probably shouldn't be. But if you are, uh, you can run this and do some editing, some quick edits, and have it look semi-professional in a matter of you know five to 10 minutes and do really good work. If you're a social media manager, uh, this is catered really towards you. Uh, as many of us you know, might want to use Final Cut or Adobe or anything like that, if you are someone who works at a business and needs to pump out Facebook posts, Instagram posts, uh, quick YouTube video tutorials, things like that, uh, it has all of the filters you're going to need for that, all the templates for stuff like that. And like I said, for something like a podcast or long form, it's a little, it's a little more difficult. Um, I feel like they need to flush out their uh, templates for those those kind of things and their uh, features for that. But if you're looking to just kind of uh, brush up on making your uh, social media posts really look professional and, and, and get them out timely, this is the app for you. I think Microsoft is doing a good job with this. When they first rolled it out, we had our complaints saying that, you know, this should be like Office where you at least get six months get of it free. Get the bonus features, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you get the full resolution, stuff like that. I'm glad that they've Kind of gone and changed that. I don't know if this was in the plan, and they just some developer pushed the button quickly and was like, "Oh, put it in the start menu." People will try it. And <laughs> somebody in marketing was like, "We're not done yet." Uh, but whatever the case is, by the time it's officially out for you know me, you, my mom, my sister, people who were going to be playing with Windows, uh, I feel to have it sorted out, and I think people will enjoy it. You know, and they just really need to do what they did with uh, Groove Music and replace uh, this in the photo app, or at least point people to like this is a new feature for you to curate your videos, all those things, all those photos you've taken of your of your children, things like that, that you have stored on your computer, you cannot do stuff with it, fun stuff with it on Windows versus saying, oh, let me give it to my Mac friend and he'll create something nice with it. Well, we'll see. end up seeing how it's going for me because I usually use Filmora for my yeah. editing, but I'll be switching to the ClipChamp just to see how it goes. Yeah, Filmora has gotten really good as well. I think you, yeah. you were going to push, push me towards Filmora 11, which I recently downloaded. And I like to run everything side by side. So I'll run Filmora 11. Uh, I'll revisit ClipChamp, and I will, I'm also using Adobe from here. And we'll see what DaVinci Resolve, you know, if it doesn't crash anymore on my computer, <laughs> does later. All right, now it's time for our fast recap. Got a lot of stuff to get through here. So uh, 10 minutes, uh, let's just get to it. 
right out of the gate and get to the most controversial topic in the fast recap, which is Microsoft backtracking on the default browser settings in Windows 11. I know you wrote a piece about the Mozilla reaction to this, so I'll let you grab that one. Yeah, this is Microsoft doing what we all figured Microsoft would do. Um, they <laughs> like to they like to push the Overton window a bit. They'll, they'll put out the worst part of their software first and watch everyone go, ah, and then they will take steps back, but they will have moved the conversation as far as they want to. Uh, the idea is that they want to continue to have people uh, go in and manually or, or, or granularly change out the uh, protocols for what the default browser does. I, I, again, I euphemistically think it's for IT admins who like to assign specific apps to open up specific protocols for things. So, you know, they have a, you know, if your business has an inbuilt PDF reader that is secure, that the company likes, doesn't use Adobe, uh, they can go ahead and assign that without having to remove Edge or Chrome from your uh, system. Uh, that's a nice way of putting it. What they're really doing so far is making it complicated for people to get rid of Edge completely. If you are a Chrome user or uh, a Firefox user, you could set it as default and it would open most things about, you know, six out of the 10 things that you would need open would open with your default browser. But every now and then, Edge would pop up. You'd be like, I thought I told you Chrome was the thing. Well, again, they've gone back on this and they've gone to a sort of one-click solution, sort of what they had in Windows 10, what they had in Windows 8, and what they had in Windows 7. Uh, but there are still several protocols that are still defined as having Edge as your default browser. So uh, again, they move from six out of 10 to like, Eight out of ten. They're they're slowly getting where we want them to go, which <laughs> goes to my next point, which is Mozilla, uh, where they had a uh, they had some comments saying that they appreciate Microsoft's move forward uh, with this sort of their backtrack, uh, but there is more that can be done, and I think it's my same point that you know it should just become. I chose Chrome, have Chrome open everything for me. I chose Firefox, have Firefox open everything for me. Don't have it open most things. And that's controversy over browsers, but now we'll move on to controversy over games because it was Tom Warren of The Verge and a bunch of other people. They spotted uh, an Xbox Insider build of Minecraft Preview that had ray tracing enabled in the game. Ray tracing makes everything look fancy. You know, you guys know how ray tracing works. We don't need to explain it, but they shortly you know after... What you need to explain is why is ray tracing in Minecraft? It's not like the graphics are... And, you know, like cyberpunk or anything. <laughs> well, it makes your game look more realistic. You don't want your Minecraft blocks Minecraft. to look more realistic. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, uh, anyway, it was in the game for a period of time. I think it was like one day or so or two days or so. But then My Minecraft came out and put out a tweet and said, oh, nope, you weren't supposed to be trying that. It was just a technical error, and it was a mistake, and it was just meant as a prototype, and it was just prototype code. Uh, specifically, the tweet said, the previous Minecraft preview build available for Xbox insiders inadvertently included prototype code for ray tracing support on Xbox consoles. This early prototype code has been removed from preview and doesn't signal near future plans to bring ray tracing support to consoles. And even though the game had the ray tracing support, for a while it was a very complicated process to get it you had to join a server created on pc that has ray tracing enabled and then you would have to join the server on your xbox so clearly it was something that wasn't meant to be and some people are saying that this means we might not get not might not ever get ray tracing for minecraft on the xbox but 
I don't think it's out of their plans just yet. They teased it two years ago, and I'm sure they're just waiting for when the time is right to announce it. Yeah, that's just that's the worst part of the news. Not like <laughs> you know, stay tuned or coming soon. Or it's like, no, we don't ever plan to bring this to you guys. So buzz off. I mean, uh, with that being said, we also have uh, your phone, uh, which is uh, a very subtle app nowadays. It seems like Microsoft isn't touting it as much as they used to, but they're rebranding it. Maybe they're preparing for a, a resurgence in news and features for it. But uh, your phone is now being called uh, Phone Link, which I guess makes more sense. It's it's harder to say, open the Your Phone app. It's a mouthful. Open the Phone Link <laughs> app. Much easier. Uh, and it does what it says. It links your phone to your PC. So uh, I just switched phones. I went from a Pixel 4 XL to uh, the S22 Plus, and... It is amazing the partnership that Samsung and Microsoft have here because being able to open up these apps, even though I, I do have like uh, most, you know, most apps open via web, uh, web pages on here, it's just easier to have them in the exact state that you have them on your phone. You're not having to re-log in or re-scroll to the last place you were at on your phone. It's instantaneous. It's really awesome. I hope Microsoft and Samsung continue to do this. I hope that they can bring Google into this mix. Uh, because it would be awesome for, you know, people on Android phones, at least the three big ones, four big ones, I guess, right now. I know LG's out of the game. This should help Microsoft kind of condense their efforts and consolidate around Android in a more concerted effort uh, to bring in Pixel, maybe OnePlus, and Samsung. And see, you know, these are some of the major carriers. Get one of their phones, and you'll have a very Apple-like uh, experience down the road. That, and that your that new phone link app is going to get the redesign that Windows 11 insiders have had for a while. Basically, the tab interface, the new area for your notifications, and even the uh, QR code during the Windows 11 out-of-box experience where you're able to scan the code and then set up uh, your uh, link. See, I'm saying your phone, but it's called phone link. Set up phone link right out of the box out of Windows 11. So that's some of the things that are coming to the rebranded app. And uh, there's also so our next topic is a rumor about Xbox Game Pass family plan. Now, if you, you live in a family, you know that it could be expensive when you have multiple consoles to buy multiple subscriptions and keep track of all your different, say, your your son has an Xbox, your daughter has an Xbox, you have an Xbox. So that's three different Xboxes and three different subscriptions they need to buy. But Microsoft, according to Windows Central, uh, and Jess Corden, Microsoft could finally be working on an Xbox Game Pass family plan where you'll be able to share one Xbox Game Pass subscription across multiple Xbox consoles and multiple different accounts. Uh, the details right now aren't very are very scarce, naturally, just based off a of rumor, but he's assuming that it's going to be a higher tier plan that you're going to pay for. And it's not clear if it's for Game Pass on PC as well, but at least we know that Microsoft is considering taking the Microsoft 365 route where they have Microsoft 365 family plans where you could buy one subscription and share it on multiple devices. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a no-brainer at this point. Uh, you have two or three kids. They all want to play different games. They all want to have their own profiles at, at one point. It may not, you may not even have, you know, I've come from an Im immigrant family, so we don't uh, have multiple consoles, <laughs> just choose <laughs> that way. But you may have multiple profiles. I may want to play The Division, and you know, my brothers and sisters may want to play, I don't know, Minecraft. 
Um, and when I hop on my system, I don't want their stuff on there. And this is how you can help differentiate that and make some money in the process. And the next topic in Fast Recap is a big Microsoft reorg that involves Android and Windows. Uh, Microsoft is moving some of its Android teams and products under a new org on, that's under the leadership of Panos Panay. The news was announced in a memo to employees earlier this week from Panos Panay himself, and there's no layoffs in the reorg, but What's happening is that the Surface Duo OS, the SwiftKey, PhoneLink, and Microsoft Launchers teams are now under one new team called Android Microsoft Platform and Experiences. According to Zach, this new team is all about making Android and Windows come closer together and bringing first-party Android experiences to Windows itself. And we already saw that. We just talked about PhoneLink and the rebrand of your phone to PhoneLink. And to me, it seems like this is one of the first steps in the process of uh, trying to merge Android and Windows even closer together and bringing some more Android experiences over to Windows. And something that they've been working on for a while, I mean, the, the Windows subsystem for Android came out of nowhere. Yeah, no, this is, uh, this is you know, like you said, it might be a no-brainer to us, uh, but they had these desperate uh, like pieces of Android that weren't together. We didn't, I didn't know this until this piece came out, that right. the SwiftKey team was different from the Microsoft Launcher team. <sighs> They're both <laughs> integrated on the Duo. How could they not be talking together to, to optimize and, you know, squeeze the most out of both divisions? So... Putting them all together, uh, there's some other uh, Android pieces I've, I'm drawing a blank for that are all going to be at least under one roof to kind of make sure that, hey, you know, when it gets into split mode on like the Duo, you get all the functionality of a split key. You get uh, maybe pin support and stuff like that in it. Maybe you get, um, uh, you know, the launcher gets better uh, tactile stuff. I mean, it's just interesting to have these conversations day in and day out with these teams that they suggest stuff to each other. Like, what about this and what about that? They can start to build them out versus, you know, having their directives and just following those and then hoping that somebody at the very top puts it all together in the places it needs to be. That's a lot of pressure for one individual. I think this is best to have, uh, this is the best kind of reorg. I always appreciate the ones that people keep their jobs because, you know, people need their jobs. So getting more people to work is great. And that's it. I think we got through all of our topics in 10 minutes. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I felt like we were pushing the button on that one. That one, there was a lot in there. We <laughs> talked a lot about it. Uh, well, on our week ahead, we have uh, we're looking forward to what's going to be happening on the fifth of uh, this month, or yeah, April this month. Uh, we would hope you guys, if you guys have any predictions, let them let us know in the comments. If you guys have any suggestions on what you think might happen. Uh, we'd love to kind of go over it and maybe we can make them think pieces about it right before the Oh, event. we did. We did have a poll that I completely forgot to mention. And <laughs> in the in, <laughs> in the poll, we asked you, the Windows Future of Hybrid Work event is next yeah. week, uh, April 5th. What will Microsoft show off? Uh, we asked you, well, let us know what you think, and we'll talk about it in the podcast. So our options were Tabs and File Explorer, the One Outlook app, new features for Edge, or something unexpected. We had 54 total votes, and the number one answer was the One Outlook app with 44% of the vote. And then the number two answer was something unexpected. Number three was Tabs and File Explorer, and the last choice was new features for Edge. You guys have no faith in Edge. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll also be getting, hopefully, we'll be getting some reactions from Eric about uh, Halo. Uh, I watched it earlier today. 
And I know there was controversy about uh, Master Chief taking his helmet off. It was all over the internet. Uh, I think the way they did it, and for the context of the story, it makes total sense. Uh, I know they kind of maybe people were hoping to play it as more of a Mandalorian thing where the helmet always stays on. You don't know who he is. Uh, but even in that show, you, you see the helmet come off. So uh, it makes sense. I think the show's done well. They have a lot of pieces that they can play with uh, for to, to kind of build out the universe. I would, you know, wait to hear your thoughts. I know you don't play the game very often, so a lot of the lore is probably going to go over you. But as a, a show about uh, dystopian military outfits and things like that, I, I want to see what your thoughts are, or at least just how the show is flowing in general. All right, right after this podcast, I'm going to go watch it. It's on YouTube for free. That, that's what <laughs> yeah. we're getting to. So yeah, if you yeah. haven't seen it yet, and you guys are weary of getting a Paramount uh, Plus subscription like I am, go watch it on YouTube for free, the first episode. Uh, and there's also some, we talked about Halo, and Halo is Xbox, but uh, the ES, ESA confirmed that there won't be no E3 2022 in-person event. Yeah, the I think what does that stand for? Electronic Software Alliance, I think, or something like that. Yeah, confirmed that E3 is canceled both in person and digital. I know that uh, they've been vacillating between uh, whether or not they're going to do an in person one or a small in person one, uh, paired up with some digital uh, showcases, something like that. They canceled it all together, saying that they will uh, come back in 2023 stronger and ready to celebrate gaming. I don't think they're going to come back in 2023, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, I think this may be the end of these type of events. I think uh, the first uh, cut was Nintendo kind of dropping out about five, six years ago from this event. They kind of hosting their own thing. Uh, the Sony followed suit two years in a row. Uh, Microsoft followed them about uh, a year and a half later into the pandemic when they hosted like three events over the course of a year, like three gaming events, uh, all digital. It just makes more sense to help them control the narrative. Uh it's, you know, you don't have people running these thought pieces about where they were at certain showcases, you know, discussing things that they shouldn't have been talking about. You don't have to hold NDAs. You don't have to hold boots that cost you millions of dollars and are somewhat controversial. I think Xbox had one with some, like, dancers and stories out of that booth. You know, Phil Spencer had to, like, come on and have, make an apology and say, you know, we're not this type of company. So you put all that to the side and you talk just about the games, just about the developers. You can focus on things that you want to focus on. And do it within you know an hour and a half span, maybe two. By the time production's all done, it takes you maybe a day or so, and you're out. These large events like E3, I don't see them coming back the way that they think they will. And then the last thing we want to talk about is Killed by Microsoft, a website that lists all of the dead Microsoft products. Talking about dead things, yeah. This is. <laughs> I was asking you this off mic earlier. Was this a, a tongue-in-cheek thing done by Microsoft? Which I thought would be kind of cool to kind of honor. Uh, the projects and the teams that are no longer at the company. But no, you're saying this is done by a third party? Yeah, it's done by someone who just uh, developed websites where they list dead uh, products on the major tech companies. There's also Killed by Google as well. And uh, Google has far more dead products, by the way. But Microsoft's website is killedbymicrosoft.info. This is the where you could go to check it out if you want to. And it lists, I think it's about uh, 100 and... 90 or so products and there's the usual products skype for business silverlight mixer windows phone microsoft band microsoft reader groove music they're all they're all there and you just click the link and it takes you to wikipedia where you could read the wikipedia entry and then cry and be like i i can't believe that they killed this product it was so awesome <laughs> yeah it's a cute little thing they all have little tombstones and there's some in here that I'm looking at where I'm like, oh, these these strike hard, like Microsoft Live or K the Kin. Uh, 
or Zoom software in general, Zoom players. Oh my God, there's so many ones that I was like, oh, I really thought these were going to go somewhere. Windows 10 I, uh, IoT, like, oh, jeez. Remember when that was a thing and we used to have to hear about it at every build? Oh, yeah. Every build you would get Windows 10 IoT builds. Yeah, Microsoft Bob's on here, Liquid Motion. Oh, man. It's, it's such a sad thing to see. I mean, like I said, the, the, the visuals are kind of cute. Uh, it's also informative as well. So uh, for those of you who are new to Microsoft, this is actually one of the quickest ways uh, to get to know the companies by seeing what they've killed and what technologies from these dead projects have moved on to other parts of uh, the company now. And that's it. I think we hit all of our main topics and everything in Fast Recap and everything in Week Ahead, which means it's time for the traditional outro. Yeah, you could find me at uh, Mindhead1 on Twitter and uh, everywhere else. Where can people find you? Hey, back, Jern. Well, you know you won't find us is in the Microsoft graveyard because we're <laughs> still live talking about Microsoft stuff. Uh, if you want any of our thought pieces, if you want any of our editorials, or just features or just news written by either one of us or our talented writing staff, you can go to Microsoft.com or you can go to Microsoft on Twitter. You get some of the short snippets. Uh, you can keep up to date with any giveaways, contests, or anything else that's happening quickly in the world of Microsoft news. Uh, you can also go to Pinterest if you're a gamer and you want to get some information specifically about that. Uh, you can also visit our Instagram for just uh, stuff about the podcast in general. Uh, other than that, uh, you can also just find us on uh, podcast catchers such as uh, I think Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Google, uh, Google, Google uh, Podcasts, <laughs> things like that. So, uh, yeah, we would love to hear from you guys. We, we appreciate you coming back every week and, and tolerating us. Thank you very much. All right, everyone. See you again soon. Same place, same time. Stay safe out there. Bye-bye. <laughs>